Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly with a note about this episode. We first saw Sandra Melgar's case on Dateline in January of 2018. And Liz, Sandra's daughter, reached out to us and asked if she could come on the show and explain some of the questions that we had about the case. And she did so in this episode. We have since become really good friends with her. We support her 1000% in her fight to get justice for her dad, Jamie, and free her mom, Sandra, who is still in prison. There have been some good developments. Kathleen Zellner is representing Sandra and the Texas Innocence Project has just decided to take on the case in December of 2022. If you want to hear more about this case, we highly recommend listening to season six of Bob Ruff's Truth and Justice podcast. He goes into extreme detail on the autopsy, the police report, the evidence, the prosecution, the police mistakes. He has the prosecutor uh, Colleen Barnett on the show. It's fascinating. And he, after thousands of hours of research, believes that she is innocent as we do. The family is offering a $100,000 reward for information. And there are constant developments, but it's very, very slow going. So we encourage all of you to write to Sandra in prison. She loves, loves getting listeners letters. It really brightens her day. All of the instructions on how to do that are on our website, A Date with Dateline, under the support tab. Um, we thank all of you. We thank Liz especially for her time and for being a really good friend and for fighting so hard. And... Um, that's it. We thank all of you for listening. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a very special episode of A Date with Dateline. We just did an interview with the amazing, funny, and smart, and kind, I love her, uh, Liz from Unspeakable. Her parents are Sandra and Jamie Melgar from the Unspeakable episode that takes place in Texas. And she is their daughter who's helping to fight for her mom's innocence. And we were so excited that she reached out to us. She heard the podcast and didn't hate us and actually wanted to talk to us. And we're so grateful. Um, so everyone, we're going to do just a little short recap here, but everyone can go back and listen to our unspeakable episode recap. I'm also going to post the actual Dateline episode, but the link doesn't work on every platform. I've been trying to figure out why I can't. It doesn't work that well. Mm. But Dateline was nice enough to share it with me, but I just can't get it to work. So maybe ah. some of you can get it to work and rewatch the episode. And if not, you can um, listen to our review of Unspeakable, which um, we aired on August 27th of 2008. So that should help you find it. 2008, eh? 2018. Sorry. There we go. So, yeah. So just scroll back a little bit to August. Thank you. Um, so just a refresher course. This is about Sandra and Jamie. No. Who, no? There's no way we recorded it on August 27th, 2018, because that was like five days ago. 2017. Oh. No, that's what it says on my thing, but that can't be right. You're right. No, that's totally incorrect. Right. Unspeakable was around the new year between 2017 and 2018. January 27th. There we go. I think it just pulled up the last time I downloaded it. <laughs> January 27th on two, 2018. There you go. That should help you. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's but you might want to listen to the episode just because we do address a few of the thoughts that Kimberly and I had in the episode. And 
you might not know what we're talking about if you just listen you definitely to the won't yeah you definitely won't yeah there's lots of inside baseball going on so quick inside baseball i don't know is that right i don't know i liked it it was good so i was i'm surprised and delighted so maybe so maybe just take a quick listen to that one you know yeah it's an hour you could put it on like a time and a half speed there you go. i think we're funnier when we're faster probably so. I think I think I sound way less boring when I am when you're going faster. Yeah. Like I am going very slow right now. Same here. Yeah. Um, which is whenever I listen to us, which is as little as possible. Oh, that's horrible. I don't know why people like us, but they do. So I'm taking that out. Okay. Um, so a really quick refresher course, if you in case you don't go back and listen to the whole thing, Sandra and Jamie were celebrating their thirty second wedding anniversary this is with the episode where they stopped at cvs for mixers on the way home which we made a lot of fun of and then they went into their jacuzzi for two hours jamie got out to go let the dogs out or let them in because they were barking and when the uh, family members came the next day they found sandra tied up in the closet with the chair under the doorknob locking her in and jamie was found stabbed to death and the police Sorry, what do you want to say? No, I was just going to say, so between him going out to let the dogs to see what was wrong, why the dogs were barking, and coming back in, there was a murder. And Sandra doesn't remember what happened because she suffers from seizures. Correct. So she believes she had a seizure some sometime in the night and does not remember really what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the police instantly focused on her, even though Liz, the daughter, gave them at least four other plausible suspects Correct. for who it could have been. They really never even interviewed those people. No. And they um, didn't test several unknown DNA that they found at the web, at the site. They, um, they immediately thought that she had tied herself up in the closet somehow and then locked herself in with the chair under the door from the outside, which they showed a way to do it. If you're Houdini, I guess. Yeah. And which we talked a lot about in our podcast, how you yes. would wedge a chair if you're inside the closet, how to wedge a chair under the doorknob from yeah. the inside of the closet. Now, Sandra walks with a cane and is um, in her 60s and is apparent and apparently stabbed her husband multiple times, fake tied herself up and then fake locked herself in the closet and then left unknown DNA at the scene. So there's lots see, of things. You can see why there might be some problems with this yeah. case. Um, and the police never spoke to uh, the ex-boyfriend who had stolen the exact same medications mm-hmm. that were missing from the scene of the crime previously. So there, there's lots of questions that we have. And we're happy that Liz agreed to talk to us and that this case can hopefully get more um, publicity because Sandra was convicted and she is in jail right now um, and she has a lot of medical ailments and she's not doing well in jail and we don't personally believe that she deserves to be there there's lots of reasonable doubt in this case Correct. and the police really really dropped the ball on multiple instances well the police so, really dropped the ball and then the the district attorney really focused in on mm-hmm. one suspect, and it was the wrong suspect. Yeah, and didn't look at any of the others. Right. So um, listen to our interview if you have questions, because we do bring up a ton of things that happen. We have questions about mixers, Toblerone, <laughs> lots of stuff. So um, 
but we love talking to Liz. She's very funny and she has a good sense of humor and she's despite really everything. strong yeah. despite everything she's been through and she's really strong and uh, we're just really grateful that she agreed to talk to us. Yes, we are. And so please enjoy. Enjoy, everybody. Good. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Did I hear a baby in the background? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How many do you have? Well, I have a four-year-old and uh, an almost two-year-old. Oh, yeah. We just moved here like three months ago. How do you like it? I love it here. I really like it. Nice. Better than Seattle. It's hot. Yeah, but it's hot. It's better than... I mean, it's pretty much like Texas was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's better than Texas. I really didn't like Texas, but it's got good weather and it's got good food. And yeah, it's better than Seattle, too. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so, so is it okay if we get started? We'll try to yeah, yeah. not keep you for too long. And if you don't feel comfortable answering anything, just totally feel free to let us know. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so uh, we are so grateful that we are joined with by uh, Elizabeth Rose, the daughter of Sandra and Jamie. How do you pronounce the last name? Melgar? Melgar. Melgar. Okay. Yeah. We are so glad that you agreed to talk to us and that you reached out to us and we were a little nervous that you were going to hate us. <laughs> no, it was actually funny. I um, I think it was the whole fizz thing that actually made me reach out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to start out by apologizing so vehemently for calling you fizz in the entire <laughs> podcast. My autocorrect just kept doing Liz to fizz and I just kind of went with it because I'm... Have you, wait, have you always spelled your name, Liz, with two Zs? You know, it was just like, as a teenager, I used to do piano and it was like my way of sticking out and then it just never mm-hmm. changed. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. And fizz, I think, is cute as well. So <laughs> like a, fizz, a fizzy pop soda or something. I think Exactly. Yeah. So how is your mom doing right now? Um, not very well. Um, she's having a lot of health issues in prison. They've, she's actually had two seizures while she's (gasps) been there. Well, at first they were denying her, her seizure medic, well, all of her medications really, but mostly her seizure medications. So she had, um, one mild seizure and one pretty severe one where she was pretty beat up afterwards. Oh God. And they're trying to, where is she? She's at the hobby unit in, I think it's called Marlin, Texas. It's a little bit outside of Dallas. So wait a minute. I'm sorry. You guys just cut out for a minute. Are you, um, is the unit that she's in, is it, is it particularly mindful of people with health issues or is she in a general population type situation? No, they're trying to take her cane away right now. I don't know why the nurse practitioner really what? doesn't like her. <laughs> you know, we were trying to get her into a medical unit and she's been telling her that, you know, she has to sign, that the nurse practitioner has been saying that she has to sign off on it and she doesn't believe she needs it. So she's not going to. So right now we're kind of fighting that. Oh, wow. That's unbelievable. I'm so oh. sorry. Yeah. So we're going to see how that turns out. You guys have really been through the ringer. I hope it gets easier. I hope. What's going on in terms of appeals and good news? We're filing the appeal. There was some issues with the uh, court transcript, so that had to be sent back and um, 
fixed. And that's taking a while because the trial took three weeks. So there's about 10 mm-hmm. volumes to correct. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What wow. is like this stenographer made mistakes? Yeah. A bunch of the exhibits were um, mislabeled in the oh, wow. court transcript, and a bunch of witnesses were attributed to the state when they were for the defense. So they have to fix all that before they can file the appeal. Oh, wow. But I do know that, I mean, we, we hear all the time because we watch so many Datelines, these appeal processes are just, I mean, it's a myriad of paperwork and just so, have you found that to be the case? Is it just an unbelievable amount of work? Oh, yeah. They've spent, I don't know how many hundreds of hours just making notes and um, copying yeah. bits of information from the trial. I mean, I know it's a lot of work and I don't know how they've had time Mm. to do anything else. Oh, wow. And so is her defense attorney the same? Has her offense defense team stayed? Oh, great. Okay. Are you comfortable with that? Does that make you happy? I'm sure you talk to them all the time. Yeah, it does. Um, It's Maxie Crest and he he has literally written the book on appeals. He's written several uh, textbooks and he teaches at one of the universities in Houston. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. I was wondering if we could dive into a little bit about what were the only things we learned from Dateline. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. maybe you could we fill in some lights for yeah, us. For, can we just, the elephant in the room would be, is Jim short for Jamie? Jim joke. Okay, um, so his name is Jaime. And, okay. and then just like roughly translated, it became Jamie. And I don't know how it became Jim, but that was his, like, English name. And so the people that knew him that didn't speak Spanish would either call him Jamie or Jim. And then when we were around his family, it was always Jaime. Jaime. And they were Jim jokes because that was his name. And he told horrible dad jokes that were really corny. And everyone would just, like, groan and roll their eyes. Yeah. We knew they were coming, too. He would get this yeah. look in his eyes and kind of giggle yeah. at himself. Or just like, no. I was, just gonna say, was there like a knowing look? Like, yeah, I'm going to drop yeah. this bomb. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad that mystery is solved. Because we could not figure it out. When you were overseas, we guessed England. And we were right? Kimberly guessed. It was England. We felt like they were being very mysterious by saying overseas. Like, very what? dramatic. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a secret. Um, I don't know why they didn't just say I'd moved to England, but yeah, maybe to add to the mystery. So you had moved there. Okay, good. This is all making sense now. <laughs> Actually, going along with that, I have a quick question. Did you, when you came back, did you come back for the trial itself? I don't remember that in the episode. I wanted to ask you, were you here so, for the trial? Yeah, I was here for the trial. So we, we were living in England and my husband was finishing his um, PhD and we, he had gotten a postdoc in Texas at Texas A&M. Oh, okay. So we were already, like, all our stuff had already been shipped over. We were already in the process of moving over when all of this happened. Okay, so then you were able to be here for the for the duration, for the whole for the whole thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and had you lived in Texas the whole time before you moved to England? Yeah, for the most part, I had lived in Texas. You yeah, that's where I grew oh. up. Okay. Now, we just interviewed Josh Mankiewicz, one of the other hosts of Dateline, who says that without Texas and Florida, Dateline would be out of business. <laughs> and I just want to know if you had any theories about that. I have to agree with that statement. <laughs> I mean, Texas is great. It's just, you know, 
I guess it just wasn't for me. Not for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's valid. I hear that. I grew up in a um, town like that. I know about that. So on Dateline, they talked a bit about, we are just going to, we've had a bit of fun, poking fun at the CVS mixers. <laughs> but yes. it's very sweet. It is, at the same time, we were both in awe of how sweet and romantic they were of having this romantic night. Of 32, yeah. of 32 years of marriage, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean, when I was growing up, they didn't do a lot of like public displays of affection around me. I think mm-hmm. like my dad was kind of more conservative and just a bit like, I don't know, he was a bit embarrassed to do that in front of me. But then as I got older, you know, they would have, yeah, Fridays were usually the nights they would go out and have dinner or, you know, That's have a so night in, a movie night in. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Do you, um, so they would often get drinks and have a little drink time and jacuzzi time? Do you know about that? I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> how long right. deeply did you know about the romance time you probably thought that was gross i don't want to hear about that <laughs> exactly yeah i think i know way more about it than i've ever wanted to know <laughs> so how did the defense team lay out your mom's defense as in general for that night what did they go with for their theory of her her memory lapse and things like that can you talk a little bit about that well, my mom has had epilepsy for 30, 30, um, I don't even know how many years, longer than I've been around. Um, okay. It's, mm. you know, well-documented. She has grand mal seizures. She's on medication mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said before, she's had two in prison. Wow. Um, so, you know, what was described that night wasn't a surprise to me. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that sounded like that sounded pretty normal. She would have a seizure. She would forget what had happened leading up to the seizure. She might not know where she was or what had happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she would just like sleep it off for maybe, you know, up to 24 hours. So mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised when I heard yeah. that, but everyone else thought that it was just, it was ridiculous. So is this, are you talking about the prosecution just thought that that was just yeah. an excuse? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So does she think that she had the seizure before people broke in or during the attack? So I wasn't in the courtroom because I was testifying. Oh. Um, I was only there for closing arguments. But I believe that the argument that was made that was that she was hit on the head while in the closet, which caused, mm. which could have caused a seizure or it could have caused um, the same symptoms as a seizure, depending on how hard she was hit because she did have a hematoma on her head. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is something they liter- they just br- sort of brush over. I feel like the prosecution really didn't go into the fact that she had these injuries, right? That you saw. Well, the prosecution that, like, ever... Right. Well, they denied that she ever had any injuries. But there are <laughs> photos and, you know, right. and a doctor checked her out a couple of days later and documented all these injuries. So in her memory, what is the first memory that she has after this, someone entering the closet or waking up in the closet, not being able to get out? So it was just dark. And um, I don't even think she realized she was tied up at first because she was so groggy. Um, And then I think she woke up again at at another point in time. And then she was trying to roll over because she was going numb from being tied up in the same position. And she kind of got wedged between um, a piece of furniture in the in the closet. Oh, boy. There were certain details that we wanted 
that we didn't get? Like, did your dad put on clothes to go outside for the dogs? He put on a towel. He He put on a towel. Kimberly, we didn't. Oh, my goodness. We were wondering where. Yeah. It was found next to him. It was next to him when they found him. Yeah. Okay. That makes total um, sense. That that, that makes total. Uh, yeah, that makes, completely absolutely. makes sense. And so then, what was actually, what was missing from the house? Let's get into to the burglary so aspect of it. So I know the prosecutor said that nothing was missing. However, there is um, a crime scene photo that from my parents' room that shows a nightstand where there was a thirty-two inch TV. There's mm-hmm. a coax cable just on the nightstand, and there's a large antenna that my dad had made sitting next to the table that was connected to the TV. So I'm not sure what they think had been there before or if there was just an antenna in the room, but that's what was missing from that space. So there's wow. a 32-inch TV. There were two Xboxes, some jewelry, possibly some money because their wallets were empty, and my dad was usually was the person who would, you know, carry some cash around he was a cash Um, guy (laughs) yeah and um what else was missing um i believe some yeah there were some prescription medications some um, barbiturates like some of her seizure medication and some Mm -hmm. painkillers and um i believe that some tools were missing i gave the police the manuals for the tools like a table saw um but they're telling me that they don't see where the tools would have been in the garage so they're not missing Oh my God! Even though I have the manuals, and this was also what you did, right? They they had you right. go back through the house and make a list of everything that you thought was missing from your parents' home. Is that right? Is that what the police? Right. Is that correct? Okay. But then they That's did not correct. believe what you said, right? And I even gave them the receipt for the thirty-two inch TV. Oh, um, you gotta be kidding! Oh my God! So I don't. Yeah. Um, frustrating. <laughs> Xboxes. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yes, Kimberly, you're fixated on the Xboxes. And well, I didn't know if you already had children or what your children are you know that adults, But you know that adults play Xbox, right? This is a common... I do. I was just curious. <laughs> Sandra um, doesn't seem like an Xbox player. Maybe. You one don't of know. my moms. <laughs> there you go. Black, the black one with the Kinect was my mom. So she would play like... Um, she would do like those... F- there's like fitness fit? games that you can the do. The fit games. Oh my gosh. I oh yeah. my God. I love her. Yes. <laughs> games. I love and her then, even more now. That's so cute. And then the um the white one was mine. My dad okay. got it for me, but I'm pretty sure he got it from himself. Okay. <laughs> now the middle school backpack. <laughs> I knew you're gonna bring that up. Yeah, we uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's so funny that this was bothering you because you were talking about them going to CVS and how the mixers wouldn't be on sale there. So you obviously <laughs> know, like, <laughs> you're obviously conscious about saving money. And my right. dad yeah. was, like, incredibly frugal. So, like, I had this backpack and we it was a really good backpack. And it just, like, never got so worn that you couldn't use it anymore. And I just used it all through middle school. And then we just started using it when we would travel, like, when we would go, you know, backpacking or whatever. Oh, so you okay, used the stuff outside totally middle school. Right. Okay. It was like your backpack. Yeah. Period. Okay. Right. Okay. I was picturing like a small Dora the Explorer somehow backpack that has not <laughs> been not, used for that's 20 not for years. junior high. And that didn't make sense at all. No. No, I agree. Oh, no. That's too, that's too young needed, for junior high. Like they had us lugging around all the contents of our locker. So this was like a pretty big backpack. That totally makes sense. And you took good care of it. So why not keep using it? That right. totally makes sense. 
Okay. So what was found in the backpack? The Xbox was found in the backpack and then jewelry? I found the Xbox or I found the backpack in the garage when I went through the house to see what had been taken. You know, obviously it was out of place being in the garage, in the middle of the garage. So I um I called the police and they had them come back, but w- I didn't touch it. I was just looking in it. And when what I knew at the time was that there was an Xbox in there. That's all I knew until we went to court. And then I'm, I found out that there was jewelry in there as well. And I think there might have been some, like, uh, a couple of games in there, too. Okay. Mm. Okay. The dogs barking. Well, we mentioned it in the podcast for sure. To what kind of, first of all, what kind of dogs were these that your parents so- had? So my parents had been watching my Pomeranian until I moved back home uh-huh. and they had a Chihuahua and those two dogs ended up having puppies. So they had four yappy dogs at the house. Okay. So when the prosecution tried to say that the neighbors never heard the dogs bark, which was the reason I mean, your dad supposedly went outside. Well, I mean, if it was at midnight or one in the morning, that would make sense because they went to bed at like eight or nine o'clock at night. Every night right. because they would get up at like six in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. The prosecution had a lot of theories um, <laughs> and they did try to say things like the ties weren't tied very tightly. They were fake tied. And then she tried to demonstrate how to tie <laughs> her hands behind her back. But she didn't really seem to know how that to do it. That made me crazy. Well, crazy. the funny thing about that is that my mom wasn't even tied at the wrists. <gasps> she was tied um closer to the elbows so um no. it's kind of hard to describe so if you um it's like one arm on top of the other like with your hand with your wrist by your elbow and the other wrist by the elbow got Do you it know what i'm talking about yeah that behind yeah. your back wow so when they're talking about there's so no all- wrist marks and things like that or her breaking she couldn't okay wow she was much higher but up there are that. ligature and there are ligature marks further up her arm. And mm-hmm. I believe your cousins, was it, that found her, said they had to use scissors to get her yeah, out. Yeah, they, so they had to make, like, I think he said two or three cuts in order to finally free her. Mm. Okay. So there's so- no physical way that, I mean, the wrists, I see that there could be a way that you can do it yourself, but not further up. That's like you're dislocating right. your shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Right. Okay. And my mom That's had the- broken her her shoulder in the past so she had a hard time with that shoulder anyway oh my god that makes it even more unlikely that she would be able to do the houdini chair act yeah right oh and that well that would be i mean that was pretty genius whoever came up with that except for the fact that the pillow sham that was under the chair or whatever they claimed wasn't under the chair the family testified to that there was no pillow sham under the chair or in the closet. <gasps> so they placed it. Oh, Katie, you thought you had seen one. I do- well, no, it means they placed it. So, no, there were pillow shams in the bathroom, but they, there was one at each sink, and my mom had been using them. They were, like, really thick, almost like um, sofa material. Oh, got it. And they were used as, like, mats in front of both of the sinks that were in the bathroom. Oh, got it. Okay. So when they pushed, pushed the chair back from the closet door... It bunched up one of the rugs that was in front of the sink, but it wasn't near, it wasn't under the chair or in the closet. It wasn't anywhere near there. Wow. And you don't think there's any way your mom would have known how to do that chair act? No one. Search of her 
trying to figure that out. I had never heard no, of it. No, they went they went through their phones and their computers and they didn't find anything. They didn't find anything in their finances. They didn't find any issues with their relationship. You know, everything that the prosecutor came up with was just I, I mean, I don't even know where <laughs> she came up with with it. So let's right. talk about that really one... quick. Why did they focus so much? Why did they did you feel like when you talked to the prosecutor because we see this a lot this like focus in on one suspect and then just blind to everything else. Did you feel like that's what happened in this case? They just wanted to solve it. But the prosecutor never spoke to any of the family. <gasps> I've never I've never talked to her before other than being examined on the on the witness stand. Oh. <gasps> that's ridiculous. And the ones that had found her should have been interviewed. And you yeah. had given them all these other possible suspects. Right. Right. So the only did. the only time the family had ever been interviewed was that day when they gave a statement. You know, we came over, this is what we saw, and that was it. They never they were never re interviewed again. Neither was I, neither was my mom. Nobody was. That's After crazy. that day they I think at two AM they went to the DA and tried to get an arrest warrant for my mom before they had even finished processing the scene. <gasps> that early. That's unbelievable. But yet it took her three years to decide that she could go through with doing well it wasn't charges. even it wasn't even her i'm not sure how many da's we went through um they kept being the case kept being turned over and then the final da the one before colleen barnett um she was let go after the new administration had been voted in uh -huh. um mm -hmm. and she was she was saying she wanted to have the case dismissed but she didn't feel comfortable doing it because she was on her way out and then that's when colleen barnett came in and was really gung-ho on the whole thing. But that's when you do do something like that. When you're on your way out, you dismiss that case that, right. you know, uh, oh boy. The only theory of motive that they came up with was that your mom wanted a divorce. <gasps> oh, that's right. She was Jehovah's Witness and right. couldn't. What do you think right. about that? I it think sounded BS just... to us. Yeah. yeah. It sounded ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um. They actually, there's um, another podcast that's covering the case. It's called uh, Truth and Justice with Bob Ruff. And they actually dedicate an entire episode um, to that argument. Really? Oh, wow. Um, and as to why it wasn't true. So, I mean, just to give you the gist, um, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses get divorced. Um, I know they said she was afraid of being excommunicated. Mm -hmm. But um, her family, like me, I'm, I'm excommunicated. My parents still talk to me. I never, yeah. I was never shunned in the way that, you know, some people believe that they are. So she, she would have still had the support of her family. She could have gone back. Like it takes six months to a year to be what they call reinstated to go back into the congregation. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and then you just go back. Right. I mean, it happens all the time. It's, it's not, I mean, it's frowned upon, but it happens. There, it wouldn't have been a big deal. They could have gotten a divorce. But my parents were <laughs> celebrating 32 years of marriage and they were they were happy. They were making plans for the future. You know, they were planning on what they were going to do when my dad retired in a few months. Wow. It just mm. it's just this crazy theory that has no merit. No, it doesn't. And usually there's money or an affair or something right. else. It's never just I just don't want to get a divorce. It's always right. So and we've been through a few Jehovah's yeah. Witness cases, right, Kimberly? I feel like this is not the first one that we've discussed on Dateline, where the idea of divorce is the problem or used as a motive. This is not. Right. But usually it's because there's another person involved that they would rather be. Correct. With. And it sounds like your parents were really, really happy. Yeah. 
Right. Which makes this all the harder. Um, also, wait a minute. I just want to interject yeah. and say that I am a huge Truth and Justice fan. And I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited to hear that, that Bob Ruff is taking on the case. Cause I do know that he also does good work and he can help out, right? He can bring a oh, lot of light to they've it. They've been doing phenomenal work. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean, this is like a, a huge moment for the case. Yeah, really, to get it picked up by that podcast is. Oh, amazing. when Kimberly told me, I like jumped out of my chair. I was so excited because yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's real. He can help. His his listener base is so big. It's it's great, and also just he seems like a really great person. Like aside from that, he really cares and wants you know wants innocent people out of prison, and that's amazing. Yeah, Bob is great. I mean, I feel really lucky that he took the case on and that, um, you know, that we get to work with him. He's he's such a nice guy. He's just really down to earth. And yeah, just really oh. fortunate that they're starting to take a deeper look into the case. Oh, that's great. Is it already good? Is it ongoing right now or is it coming? Yeah, I think we're five or six episodes in. Oh, I got to catch up. Oh, that's so exciting. I have to. I felt bad because when he first like uh, my sister-in-law was actually a fan of this show, and I'd never heard of him before when she reached out to him on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I really didn't know just how many people, you know, listened to his podcast and exactly what he did. But now I, I realized, like, exactly what it is he does, mm -hmm. and I feel very, very fortunate yeah. that he, yeah. He's a big deal. Yeah. He is a big deal. He's a big it's deal. It's fantastic. We kind went to CrimeCon last year, and he was... He's kind of a rock star in that movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's go into We're the best theories now. Are you? Oh man, you yeah. guys go to Chili's? No, Do you just... guys like hang out? Do you go to Applebee's? <laughs> Wait, where is he? Is he in Texas? No, he's in Michigan. Oh, for some reason I thought Texas. Okay, never mind. Let's go into <laughs> theories, right, Kimberly? We want to go into yes. your theories and then the theories that were brought up on Dateline. Oh. Where before we get into that, allowed to talk yeah. to them? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that you, I know that you said you haven't caught up yet, but you might really like it because I think the second episode is an interview with Colleen Burnett. Really? Oh. Yeah. I want to hear what yeah, she has to I say. I do. I love rolling my eyes out of my head. That's so. good. <laughs> how do you keep a straight face in court? I mean, how do you not show all of your emotions on your face in court? You know, I think that's why they had me sequestered because right. I really can't. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not good at it. <laughs> but that must have been yeah. really hard, by the yeah. way, because you were testifying. You couldn't hear. They don't let you hear anything hear that might prejudice or whatever. Yeah, but it was also really hard to just like, you know, be polite on the stand and not just mm. start ranting that this was insane. <laughs> How long yeah. were you on you know, the stand for? You have to for? keep your composure. Um, I felt like an eternity. I honestly don't know. Mm. I have no idea. I have no wow. idea. And was she the one interviewing you on the stand? Yeah. 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 That's, so first yeah, it yeah. was our lawyers and then she cross-examined. So did she ask Stop anything it. that just really, just you couldn't believe? I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of things, but were there anything that sticks out in your mind? I mean, she just wanted me to start guessing as to what I thought had happened. And I really didn't see the relevance of what I thought had happened. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that matter in a case? You know, like, I mean, I told them, but then, you know, she basically just told me I was wrong. So oh. I, I really don't know what the point of a lot of her questions were. Um, well, how was the judge? Know, did, at that time, the judge that was presiding over the rest of the case had taken a day off. So we had a different judge. Oh, so oh, I, that's I interesting. Mm -hmm. I think her son was sick or he needed surgery or something. And so she wasn't there that day. And so they just put in another judge for the day? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that I would either. assume they would keep the same judge the whole time. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So how was testifying on the whole? I'm sure it was a really surreal experience for you. Like, that seems un- unbelievable, but sitting in front of 12 jurors, did you look at them? What What was... I mean, all I wanted to do is tell the truth and tell them, you know, tell them our side of the story because yeah. I, we, I felt like we had been really unheard. Yeah. I just don't feel like I really got that opportunity because, you know some of the questions that I was getting from her and, you know, I would get interrupted and told, you know, it's a yes or no question. We don't need you to explain. Oh, geez. However, I don't think that a lot of the questions had yes or no answers. So, I mean, it was really frustrating for me because things aren't always black and white. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother. So are you able to talk about some of the other theories? Um, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The car that your mom thought was following them from CVS, mm-hmm. do we think there's anything to that? Is that a possibility? I mean, it is a possibility. But a possibility. also, right. So, I mean, the way you go into the neighborhood, you can turn left or right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not uncommon that a car is behind you and, you know, turns left or right. I, I've never had anyone follow me all the way from CVS. Right. Um, but oh. I, I don't know. I mean, it could be something, but we'll never know now. Right. It's not like the police went around and interviewed the neighbors to see if right. they were driving that same. Route. And then that brings up the neighbor, right. the neighbor who had the burglary charge, right? Mm-hmm. That the police put yeah. the card. So how close of a neighbor? Do you know who that neighbor is? And was he in close proximity to your parents' house? I didn't know that he existed until this happened. Uh-huh. Um. So, yeah, they were basically down the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's walking distance. Mm-hmm. And um. yeah. Okay. And the police put their card on his door saying, call us, and they never followed up with him. Is that correct? Right. Because, um, so they went to his house, they knocked on the door, nobody answered. They went to get a coffee or lunch or whatever. They came back, knocked again, nobody answered. They left a card in the door for a criminal to call them back in an ongoing murder investigation. Yeah. Just hope that he calls back. Sure. Sure he'll call. It's beyond ridiculous. Wow. Because if I know it's, if I'm a criminal, then I'm definitely going to want to call the police. <laughs> of course. Oh, no, for sure. It's of the course. first call. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but they also kind of did wow. the same thing where you you found out that your mom was charged by the lawyer's, you know, requests in your mailbox. And then you went online and they just posted it online and hoped that your mom would turn herself in. They didn't right. like, come to the house. Why right. are they trusting people who they think are criminals so much? Well, I mean, how many people would think to go on the Harris County District Clerk website to see why they're getting all these flyers in the mail? Yeah, none. I mean, right. so what if I hadn't no done sense. that? If I hadn't done that, then what? Would they have said she was, like, evading arrest or something? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what they were planning on doing, but it had been a couple of weeks since she had been indicted by the grand jury, which they were supposed to let her lawyer know if they had they decided to take it to a grand jury. And, and then they claimed they forgot she had a lawyer. <gasps> right. Oh, my God. I forgot. And so you gave them a list of suspects, right? Or you told them people that you that they needed to look into, right? Right. There's was a um, renter mm-hmm. and a co-worker of your dad's. Mm-hmm. Also your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. That might be uncomfortable for you to talk about. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a great guy. We can say that. He had his problems, yeah. Um, and had he, he had stolen from you before? 
Um, yeah, he had taken the same medications that had gone missing in the past. Oh, well, that seems like a red yeah. arrow. That seems... Wow. Yeah. And so did they ever contact him? Do you know if they contacted him? Um, from by what I know, they did not. Wow. I mean, it's just a litany of... I've We've seen a lot of incompetent police. I hope we're not going to get in trouble for this. But um, this is really shocking to me. This is like Manitowoc County level in making a murder level of incompetence. There was unknown male DNA that they'd never tested, right? And female. And female. Oh. Oh, my gosh. So why why would they not test that? It makes no sense. It's just, because they were zero. Because in. it doesn't fit with their narrative. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. exactly. But it's the definition of reasonable doubt. Yeah. Well, not to this jury. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That... Did you get a good look at this jury? Can we ask you? <laughs> Did they look dumb? Did they look dumb? <laughs> you know, I think... Um... I think they had a lot thrown at them in the three weeks that they were there. And I think I think it was hard for a few of them because, you know, some of them came out of that jury room in tears. And really? I don't know what went on back there, but yeah. How long did they deliberate for? Eight hours. Okay. Hmm. Huh. Do you know why there was no DNA of each of your parents on each other? Because they had just gotten out of the bath. That makes there you sense. go, Kimberly. I mean, that kind of makes perfect sense. <laughs> there you go. This is yeah. why I host the podcast. Yeah, they yeah they got out of the bath, dried off. My mom went and changed. Wait, we can't ask about what's in the appeal, right? I don't even know. I couldn't tell okay. you. Okay, I'm just hoping that it has mm-hmm. something to do with police like negligence in this case, like not testing what needed to be tested, and like the socks found in the filing cabinet that were not properly logged. Like stuff like that. I'm hoping the blood on the handle of the safe that right. they never tested. I mean, yeah, I'd asked them about that, and I um, told them I asked them if they had processed it because I wanted I didn't want to look at it anymore. I wanted mm-hmm. to clean it, and right, they told me that it had been processed, and I was welcome to clean it. <gasps> but they hadn't processed it. Wow. Which mm. right? Wow. Wait, what were can we ask yes. what the contents of the safe was? What could someone have been going for in the safe? Was there cash in the safe or is there a weapon in the safe? Is it something like that? No, it's just like passports, maybe a little bit of cash. Um, nothing crazy. Nothing like crazy. A hundred okay. bucks. Mm. You know, some jewelry, like important pieces of jewelry, like sentimental. Sure. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> mm. Now, the detective on the case had gotten in trouble for some things in other cases, right? Right. He had falsified so he, a warrant. Right. He backdated a warrant. So he he left the Harris County Sheriff's Office, took a job at the DA's office, and I guess that's when it, either it came out there or he did it while he was there. I'm not I'm not very clear on that. I know there's a few um, news articles that you can find by Googling his name. So he was allowed to resign. Um after they found out about it from the DA's office, he went back to the sheriff's office, told them that he missed working there. And then mm-hmm. later they found out that he had been let go for backdating the warrant and then he was fired. Wow. Well, yeah. I think we were just watching another trial where they had a a blood spatter investigator who had been very shady in other cases. And that had led to an appeal. The blood splatter investigator that was part of this case, of our case had never been to the crime scene and had only been on the case for a month, I believe it was, before the case started. 
or before the court case started. What? You know, before we went so to trial. So he had only, this blood spatter person had only ever seen photos, you're saying? Never right. been to the crime scene. Right. She'd never been there before. She had just seen photos a few weeks prior to the, the court case beginning. Does this, this is the actual Houston Police Department? Is that, it's am I the right Harris that? County Sheriff's Office. Okay. And I'm wondering what their reputation is like in previous cases. Seems to me they're dropping the ball on lots and lots of things. Mm -hmm. I know they have kind of. I don't know if it's them um, specifically or Houston or um, exactly what the statistic is. You'd have to look this up and mm -hmm. help me here. But um, I know they have the highest amount of exonerations, but I know that a lot of those are also drug cases. So mm. I'm not exactly sure um, well, what's going on there. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, what I we. We weren't totally sure from the dateline what your dad's family members think about this. Um, so my family that were there um, that found them, they they all testified on behalf of my mother. They all support mm. her 100 mm. percent. That's great. That's amazing. Um, were you overall happy with how the dateline episode turned out? Are there yeah, things for the that most you wish part. Had, yeah. Um, there were a few things do? that they didn't get hundred percent right, but I mean, overall, I felt like they did a really good job. Um, yeah, they presented some, you know, the key, the key facts, and yeah, I was really happy working with them. They made it; they were really nice. They tried to make me as comfortable as possible. Oh, good. Dennis Murphy was. Did you, oh, tell sorry. us about Dennis. <laughs> he smells like rich mahogany in many leather-bound books. <laughs> no, but he's like really easy to talk to, and he's just. You know, I was really nervous. You've got all these cameras and lights on you. But, you know, once we started talking, it just felt like we were having this one-on-one -on -one conversation. It was really, it was really nice. Oh, where did you guys meet? Aww. Where did you have your interview? In Seattle. And we were living over there. Oh, somewhere in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Did you shake his hand or give him a hug afterwards? Yeah, both. Aww. Yeah, he's a um, <laughs> really nice guy. Yeah. Now, we have um, much... Uh, belittled some of the guests on Dateline for their outfit choices. You looked yes. wonderful. How mm. much thought did you put into your outfit? They told me I couldn't wear black, and that's all I own. So what? I ran to Target on the way to the interview. No way. <laughs> and I bought I bought some clothes that didn't fit properly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, we always don't like backwards baseball caps or t-shirts that say balls or to the wall. Or You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. Was there a makeup person if you got shiny? Or were you um, yeah. Yeah, I had to ask somebody to help me. Because <laughs> sometimes people are really shiny and we wonder, are they just not powdering them on purpose? Or is there just not a makeup person? So No, I, I had to ask curious. somebody to do my makeup because I, uh, I'm not very good at that. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, they normally, when they have guests on, they have them do B-roll, like footage of them walking yeah. or... <laughs> Staring out yes. into the distance <laughs> or drinking Folgers coffee and yeah. um, sometimes driving a car. And what I cannot remember what yours was. Mine was looking out the window and reading on an iPad. Yeah. Oh, oh a high tech. Oh, and, and also walking. There was another part where I was also walking, but I was so self-conscious because I had had all those hip surgeries or the ankle surgeries and I was in a boot and... I was oh, trying no. not to limp, and I just looked, yeah. Oh, my God. So did the director tell you what to do, or did you come up with your own B-roll? Did they say, okay, we would like a shot yeah, of you told... doing this? 
Yeah, there was one point where they asked me to like walk up to the courthouse and open the doors and like they wouldn't open. <laughs> and I just felt so ridiculous. Like, can we do this again? <laughs> yeah. It's so good. How many days did you spend with Dayline? Was it just one day or was it a couple days? It was, um, so I spent one day with the interview and then there was another day where we went to the, I flew to Houston and for the request for a new trial. Oh, right. Oh, okay. okay. Did you like the title that they chose? I didn't understand. You obviously got yeah, there title. We go. yeah. No, there you but... go. That's correct. Good answer. It... You did you did email us that you were shocked that I had never had a Toblerone. And I did want to assure you that I have had one now. And I enjoyed and it. And what do you think? Mine was like chocolate. I liked the chocolate. And I thought there was like little hard yes, bits nougat. of something in there. Nougat. Like coffee or something. Yeah, nougat. No, yeah. It's nougat. It I will say the the pyramid shape of it was a little difficult. Like I felt like I was poking myself in the jaw. Wait, no yeah. rolling her eyes at me right now. No, I have that mm. too. She's had it too. And it's then like it's cup like, and crunch. Yep. Like it cuts yeah, the it mouth up, painful, but it's delicious. <laughs> it's painful, but it's worth it. Yes. Yeah. I still haven't had the other flavors though. So please, someone help me out. <laughs> They should put peanut butter. If they put peanut butter in there, I would be. No, the white chocolate one's pretty good. Why don't you hop on down to your local CVS and pick one up? There you go. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Perfect. (laughs) I felt like Dateline did a really good job um, not showing, like, definitely letting the viewer know that this was not a done deal. This case was not sealed in stone, that, you know, your mom probably didn't do this. I think Dateline does a really good job when they believe someone's innocent of letting the viewer know. And they did a good job in this case. And I'm glad that you sort of feel like they portrayed that because we felt that. Like we had so many questions at the end that we wanted answers. And because the the police left so many questions, they didn't answer anything. The prosecution went with this case that was not ready to be prosecuted. This wasn't something that happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we, we thought, agree and we mm-hmm. agreed. So yeah. We thought we were going to go lot. to court and, you know, the jury was going to hear every both sides and then see how ridiculous it was. And we'd all go home. And uh, I have no idea what happened, what went wrong. But <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're not we're not done fighting. Well, did you get a sense of that during the trial? Like it was shifting against. Oh, no, she guys, wasn't in the room. Blown away. I wasn't in there. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. I keep forgetting. So you must have just been floored by the outcome. Well, I had a feeling when they when they came out um, to give the verdict. Really? Yeah. It's like I knew. Mm. Did your mom know? Did she Mm. say that she knew? No, I think she was just she was so nervous and she wasn't I I, I don't think she had any idea. And your mom was able to Mm. be at home with you guys, right? She didn't have to. Did she have to stay at the in the jail for the time when they're prosecuting the case or was she able to be at home with you no she was at home okay. with us she was um she was actually staying with me because right a week before the court case i was in the hospital having my fourth ankle surgery <gasps> and she was oh my God. um she was helping me out at home oh wow and um i had to tell the doctor like i got to go now i got to go get on an airplane while my foot was still like you know halfway hacked open and oh, he was like, you really shouldn't fly now. And I was like, well, I don't really have a t- choice. So I just kind of checked out of the hospital and went to court. Oh, my gosh. She, she was, well, yeah, so really she was there with me. To have you. She's lucky to have you. Well, I hope we can um, 
you know, bring this to enough people's attention where something, mm -hmm. something gets done. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those cases to me that just makes absolutely no sense and seems like a huge injustice has been done. So we'll do anything we can, at least. Absolutely. We don't usually take sides or even always state our opinion, but for this one, we pretty I much. I think we can take a side. And I think that honestly, um, yeah. having Bob Ruff on it is so great again. Like that's such a good thing for this case. And also I think that maybe, I don't, I hope that you hear this, but we are sorry for the loss of your dad. This is a hard thing just because yeah, there's a I, loss at the other side of this. It you lost wonderful. both on both ends and we're really sorry for that. Mm. Condolences. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do appreciate. It. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, the best part I think about having Bob on this is that um, you can follow along with the crime scene photos, um, police right. reports, so you can go through them yourself and you know come up with your own conclusion. Mm -hmm. There's so many people who love doing this internet sleuthing and solving crimes, and the more people you have doing that, the better. I mean, and especially in mm -hmm. this case where it's very clear that there was an injustice done, mm -hmm. right? Anyone can see that there was the police didn't do their job mm -hmm. correctly. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. There was a lot of uh, reasonable doubt. So, yeah. Well, we're so glad that you came on to talk to us. We're just we're so sorry about everything you've been through, but you have such a good attitude about it. And it sounds like you have a great sense of humor about things that you probably got partially. So <laughs> no, hopefully not all of it. <laughs> yeah. The gym joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure your mom is funny too. That's great. And please <laughs> tell her we are rooting for her. her. Absolutely. Yeah. And we really hope for her best recovery. And Absolutely. I hope that she turns around. I'm so sorry to hear that she's not doing well right now. I hope that you can get her transferred or that at least something can happen to get her some relief. Yeah, we're working on it. And, and I appreciate you guys, you know, having me on and talking to me about everything. And yeah, I just hope, you know, that justice can finally be done at some point it's gonna be a really good day when she's released it's gonna be is that your cat a really yeah. exciting day is that a cat i hear is that the cat yes, that was like freaking you it out is. Last time? can you believe it oh, <laughs> oh my, my gosh this yeah you, whole... this was the episode where we thought there was right. a, a ghost Danny, in katie's room you need to calm down no it's funny because right before you said before you said jamie i was like jamie <laughs> Yes, you said that too. <laughs> yeah. I felt so badly. I was like, but it was Whoa. so strange. It was just so strange. Danny, stop. Yes, I do. It's a, Katie has too many. And they, well, and I let one in for this for this particular interview because he was feeling like he wanted to be in here. So um, apologies all around. Sorry. He's. <laughs> 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 oh, oh thank you so much liz yeah. we really appreciate it oh no thank you and everyone yeah. should be listening to yes. Truth and justice especially this yes. season but always yeah. yeah um and if there's anything we can do if there's petitions started or anything let we us know we're ready yeah around, so we're ready okay yeah i will be in touch about oh great that. thank you okay thank you thank you so much yeah. have a great night you okay too. all right Kiss thank your babies. you i will okay. bye, Fizz. take care bye Fizz.